Welcome to the Association Strong Podcast, where we offer insight from both a seasoned association exec and an entrepreneur. I'm Dave Will. And I'm Tom Morrison. Listen in as we discuss and debate hot topics in the association community. Don't forget to subscribe and share us with your friends. Tommy Bahami, here hey, we are again. Man, what the contrarian and the agreeable are here today. We're going to talk stuff, oh, man. Who's the contrarian? You say that all you love to get under my skin, guy. You do. You, I'll, I'll say something that's so truthful, and you will just debate just to debate, man. But that's why I love you in this association world. Really? That's how we're going to start this, huh? We're going to start off right with a jab, right? I told Christina. So, Christina Salu is our guest today. And I told Christina, I was like, you wait and see, Tom. Tom's going <laughs> to jab me as soon as this thing starts. So, Christina Salu is, is the VP of membership with the Global Business Alliance, Tom. And I asked her to join us because I, I what I want to do with this, and, and we've talked about this, what I want to do is start a whole bunch of conversations about member engagement. And, and selfishly, that's something I'm extremely interested in given given the line of work I'm in, right? So, so uh, uh, we have a series, we have a whole bunch of people coming on over the next few weeks that we're going to talk to solely about member engagement. So, Christina, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Where, where are you located, is Christina? Where are you, where are you based? Nation's capital, Washington, D.C. What's yeah. the temperature there right now? Say that again, Tom. What is the temperature there right now? Oh, gosh. I mean, it's 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 a little bit mild for February, I have to admit, because, you know, every now and then we have a big what we call snowmageddon here. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Had that. So and it's been quite warm the past few winters. So I'll take this. Yeah, it's, well, it's February of 2023 upon recording this right now. So people may listen to us in a year from now or two years from now or in the archives 150 years from now. But uh, I can tell you, Christina, here in Boston, it was negative 11 on <sighs> Saturday morning. <sighs> and on Sunday afternoon, it was 50 degrees. Wow. So there's some Mageddon going on. <laughs> I, I don't yeah. know. It's snowmageddon. It's, it's like, it's, it's, I don't I'm know. Wait, what I'm, waiting to open our, I'm waiting to open our pool up. I cannot wait. You got 62 days. All right. Enough about your pool. Enough about Boston temperatures. I want to get to know Christina a little bit. What I want to know is what is the Global Business Alliance? Tell us what Thank that's you. all about. That's what I was going to ask. Yes. I would I would love to tell you more, more about Global Business Alliance, also known as GBA. We are the premier trade association and advocacy resource for America's inbound business community. Inbound meaning international companies who have a presence here in the United States. And we're, and as I mentioned, we're here in the nation's capital for a reason, near Capitol Hill. Um, and a lot of our work is around advocacy, as you can imagine. And we really paved the way for more dollars in America, more good paying jobs, more federal direct investment across the country, which are really, really essential to our economy and our nation. Um, GBA was founded in 1990. We have nearly 200 member companies that are in 22 different countries. And many of them are names you know, you guys. These are global, globally recognized brand names such as Sony, Heineken, Lego. I know my kids play with Lego. <laughs> Panasonic, Novartis, Unilever, Toyota. Um, yeah, the list goes on and on. So really big names that you might not even associate that they're, that they're international, that they're right. headquartered abroad, but they have a huge U.S. presence and they bring a lot of jobs to the U.S. and they do so much good work here as well. Um, and we're here to promote that, that good work that they do. And as you can see, it's across different industries, 
you know, the big one is manufacturing because that brings in sure. a lot of the money and, and the investment. But there's also pharmaceutical, financial, World Bank of Canada is one of our members. So it's a cross industry. And even though our members, they have their own industry associations, like Toyota is in the auto association. Um, they have in their part of that group, but um, they come to GBA because they can network across industry. And that's really one of the benefits to network with their peers um, across industry. And you know what's also unique about GBA is who we, who are stakeholders at these companies, because it's not just anybody and everybody. We right. have programming, yeah, mainly for heads of tax and their teams, heads of government affairs and their teams. We have a CEO leadership council, and we also have programming for CFOs. And that's pretty much it. Those are our stakeholders. So it's not everybody in these companies. It's just those key stakeholders, especially the government affairs side because of the lobbying and all that good stuff. But the tax side, because we have so many, there's so many tax issues with international companies they have to deal with that we are um, fighting to give them a fair shake. Um, here. So that's, that's pretty much it. We're, you know, we're doing a lot of work and what's unique is we're pretty much the, we're the only uh, association in this space. You know, there are a lot of associations and in other um, industries that have a lot of competition and they're competing. Their missions are similar. We don't have that. So this I is, can't imagine is... being a, a company that's multi-international and being the CFO that's overseeing all the tax strategies and revenue flows <laughs> for all those different countries coming back in that ho all that money hopefully ends up back in the same bank account. That's got to be right. Key. That's a heavy lift for sure. Well, I, I think Tom, the way I understand this and Christina, correct me if I'm wrong, if I could spit some of this back to you, your yes. organization, GBA global business Alliance represents foreign businesses that are selling in the U S yes, that are headquartered here in the U S yes. And have a lot of its products and, but global, they're global companies, but, the are the key is that they have a presence here in the U.S. Yes. But not not necessarily headquartered in the U.S., right? That they, the, they do have need to have a a, a shop oh, they here have, in the U.S. They yes. have and, a head, and, okay that yes, makes sense. And many of them have U.S. CEOs here. Okay, so they're not just importing to the U.S., but they have they they may have companies that have a strong presence uh, in the U.S. employing U.S. people. Um, and so you've got 200 of those. What, how big is that market? Is it like thousands or, or do you guys pretty much have all the big corporations? We have most that, of that. the big companies. Yes. I mean, there, there are some that um, are, are not on, uh, as members of, uh, members of GBA, but we have many of them okay. um, as members. And, you know, of course, recruitment and retention is, is always key for, for my job. And the ones that are not, of course, we want them to be on board, but we do have the majority. So, you so know, we, we know about GBA. Tom, let's take a second and go back. I want yeah. to understand Christina for a little bit. Now, when Christina and I were talking before we hit the record button, I learned that she's been in the association world, specifically in membership for two decades. Can you take us a little bit about uh, back to when you were 10 years old and you started working <laughs> for associations? Yeah. See how I did that, Tom? You see I that? <laughs> but take, take us back to when you were a membership coordinator yeah. Who you were? Take us through your journey. Yes, I would love to, and it's and it has been a, a really fulfilling journey, Dave and Tom. And I'm just as passionate about associations and the nonprofit sector as you both are. Um, and I'm in this industry because I want to be 
out of grad, went to grad school for nonprofit management specifically because I wanted to get out of the for-profit sector. But what I realized is that you know you need to combine a management understanding and having that background with the idealism and and all of that. Um, it, you know, you still need a strong management structure in your association or in your nonprofit. And so that my business background and uh, all, you know, my idealism and me being a very a servant leader, um, you know, those really intersected in the, you know, in the nonprofit sector, but you're right. I started out right out of grad school as membership coordinator for sister cities international um, and just worked my way up in specifically in membership development from coordinator to manager, director, senior director, and now VP. So what I want your listeners to know is that, number one, my, my passion, and, and you know, that's based on my tenure, and that I understand the association world at the different levels, what it means to be on the front lines as a membership coordinator, talking to members, picking up that phone, taking their, their payments, putting it into this, the, the AMS or the CRM. And, and What is your and, AMS? Salesforce. Okay, thank you. And and this directly with Salesforce, Dear, or, some, rather, but, yeah. and do, or do you use Salesforce or some version like Fontiva or Nimble? No, Salesforce solely. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So so and, when, yeah. Yeah, go on, go on. Tell me more. No, th- that's pretty much it. You know, and I'm just very passionate about this industry, and um, I just want your listeners to know that um, you know when we talk about it, when I talk about engagement and some of the things that I'll bring up. It's at it's from that vantage point of the different levels I've seen, whether that's on the front lines or now as VP and you know uh, being a, a leader uh, and a thought leader and strategic leader as well. Do you see any big differences? I mean, you're at a, a, a trade association. In fact, it, it, I think it's a really unique trade association. So few uh, company members, corporate members, yes. Uh, with a huge value proposition of advocacy, right? Like that yeah. to me is, is a huge value proposition for, for you. Do you see, or tell me what are the differences in your experience of having worked for professional associations versus a trade association in terms of engagement, in terms of membership and engagement? Definitely. There are some differences. And, um, you know, I started in GBA in, April of last year, so not even a full year yet, but there are differences b- between the the two. And um, you know, one thing that I know for as far as engagement is that's across the board is an organization needs to understand their members. That's right out, out the gate. That is something that's similar yeah. at any organization. You have to know your members, and I think that GBA does a great job of knowing their members and really um, getting their feedback. And I'll explain. Um, one of the things I was very pleased to see when I first started at GBA and was that they were already working with a consulting company to implement a membership survey to help inform our new strategic plan. And that really checked two things off my list because when I start a new job as an association executive, I ask for two things. I'd love to see your strategic plan, number one, and the last survey that you conducted. And if they tell me, oh, we haven't conducted a survey, that's a red flag for me. And that that tells me, okay, you haven't done a survey in a few years. Okay, as a membership professional, I we need to do that ASAP because I need to hear from the members. And I think that's something uh, uh, something that all associations, like let's get back to the basics. Sometimes, you know, with engagement, um, we could, you know, 
you know, do so much or, you know, try to think of all these different things in unique ways. But sometimes let's just hear from the members. And I know we all do it so differently and we use different technologies to, to get there. But at the end of the day, we need to know what our members think. And so we, we're not guessing around programming. And I think that's where I've seen some associations miss the mark is that let's not just inter internally, let's, let's have a, a round table about what's the, what, what we should be doing. Okay, that's sometimes good, but let's also hear from the members about what they want. And I love the, you know, one of the things that, um, the saying that I love in, in membership is, you know, you know, asking your members, what's keeping you up at night? And then whatever that is, that's, that's our job to solve it. <laughs> right. And so, you know, that's, that is it. Like, you know, I only have I, one I, word for you, Christina. <laughs> it's preach. Yes. Preach. Yes. That's what we do is make their lives easier, whether that's an individual professional association, with the individual paying for their membership and, um, or it's a, a company. I'd say that's, that is the key. What company, company execs, let's keep you up at night for whatever, uh, industry or a, a professional association, what's keeping you up at night, individual person. This, and this let's, is we're awesome. here to help you solve it, make your lives easier. You know, I think we, Tom we and I are on the same page here. This, like, you're you're preaching everything that we talk <laughs> right. about over and over again. I have I have one quick comment, Tom, here. And right, I want to challenge ahead. you a little bit, Christina, because um, uh, I, I agree with you in terms of needing to hear from the members. I mean, yeah. anybody that knows me and knows Propule knows that's the, the, the focus of our value proposition. However, there's a difference between knowing your membership mm -hmm. and knowing your members, right? Members are people. They're individuals. And knowing your membership is kind of understanding who they are as this group of people, right? So it's great for programming. It's great for benefits and this big picture stuff. The question is, how do you service Tom? How do you service Christina? And how do you service Dave? And so that's where there's, I think there's a big gap is understanding what each individual member needs and when. But I, I'm all in on this idea, <laughs> like, all like so much so i've dedicated the last six years of my life to member needs understanding your members so thank you for saying that yeah no i i agree because you know when we look at retention to and, and engagement and all of that you're right and not everyone is the same and i think that is something that i remind myself all the time in membership is that someone could be coming to your organization for different reasons and some people are okay with not attending any events, if you have events, and just getting information, getting their newsletter in the in their inbox, you know, getting the memos, um, checking in every now and then. Some people are so content with that. I'm a member of of some associations where I just want to read the newsletter, uh, you know, absorb that information. I might not attend every event. That doesn't mean I'm not engaged. That doesn't mean I'm not going to renew. That doesn't mean I'm, you know, unhappy with. What they're doing they might see it that way like oh christina hasn't been to an event in 10 years <laughs> we need to get her to one they, they probably do need to get me to one but right now i am content i'm going to renew and i and then i remind myself of that that not everyone is the same and you're right how do you figure out what is there what is the, that thing that is going to keep them year after year 
And, and, you know, there's a part of it that you want to expand their minds. You want to, like I said, get them to an event and show them what it's all about. But, you know, sometimes that's not possible. And I think I just, I'm very much a realist in that way of sometimes it's just not possible. And that's, um, you know, just meet them where, where they are right now. Chris, Chris, I, I, I call it, no, I call no. it the rule of halves. So typically in any industry, half the industry are absolute joiners and half are not. And when you get them into membership, half want to get engaged and half do not. And when That's you got right. your meeting, half love crowds and half hate crowds. I mean, back in 2007, I'd split our entire membership that hasn't been. We have about 370 member companies. And so we split. I went back and looked at everybody that had not attended a meeting in the last three years. Because when you haven't attended in three years, in my mind, you've made a decision to kind of hang out on the sidelines. So we asked our we split them up, gave every board member. It was about 11 people per board member. And uh, we had them call all these people and just have a conversation with them uh, from a list of questions we gave them. And they loved the outreach and appreciated it. But it was everything from, man, I've only got five people in my shop. If I leave the work for three days, they'll shut it down and go to the bar. To one guy said, look, if my family reunion comes down the street from me two blocks, I'm not going because I don't like crowds. I don't like people. And you have to respect that. You know, we fall on this prey to where we think that we do things so awesome and do so many cool things. That even a person who's an introvert that hates people should be there. And it's like, no, you have to meet your, I love that you're talking through, you have to meet your members at the level of engagement that they, they want. And, and, you know, I started this back in 2009. I kind of gained my following, started blogging in 2009 when the economy went south on us because of the housing crisis. And so many consultants out there were screaming, membership's dead, membership's dead. Young people are not joiners. And I came back going, you're crazy. Membership isn't dead. They just don't have the money to pay for it. So they're backing off. Your value is still the same in a bad economy as it is in a good economy. You got to pick it up. And people would, and, and so when the economy came back around, like watch, when the economy comes back around in 2010, 11, people are going to join again. And they did. They all came back because they, the value propositions were there. Um, but I, I love what you're saying. That's about asking members intentional questions to find the two words I always say are the key to it all pain points. When they're driving to work, whether you're a real estate agent, a manufacturing company, or a doctor and attorney, you've got stuff rushing through your mind left and right of things that just are keeping you up at night, things that are wrong with your business operation model, things that you need to make your life stress-free and better. And the association's job is to find out what are the things that we have resources that we can actually plug in there and solve that. And so I, you're, you're like, you're, you're preaching to the <laughs> choir, Christina. Yes, I told I, you I was just as passionate as you as you are, you and Dave are. Hey, Christina, you, I, you said you, you, you represent, sorry, I'm, I'm fumbling through my words here. You, your focus is on growth and retention. Uh, you used a different word, but growth and retention. I would imagine in, in your association that uh, retention is pretty high. Is that pretty accurate? That is very accurate, Dave. Our retention rates um, are, for the past four years, are 90% or higher. That's, and, you know, in the association world, if you can get 80 to 85%, that's, that's gold. And we're, we are well above that. We only average 10 to 12 drops per year. Uh, companies that don't renew but they're big year. like your your yeah. clients your, your members are big like those yeah. are big checks these are not 250 dollars yes. checks i would imagine they're, they're tens of thousands if not higher than that right that's correct that's correct so and, yeah. so your job is to make sure that 
you know, five drop, not 12, right? That's, That's what right. you're focused on. All right. That's so what, what is, this is really the core of this podcast today. It all comes down to this right here. What's working for you and what is not, what are you struggling with? Where are your challenges? And be as transparent as you want. Everybody listening to this is with the, the one listener, <laughs> my mother, she's, uh, she, she's not going to judge you on this. Now, <laughs> there, there's a, uh, but the question here is, what are you doing that might be somewhat innovative that you think is working well? And what are you doing or, or where are you struggling it, it, with your retention and your growth? Yes. And I, I did mention that membership feedback and that we're doing a really good job of that, but, uh, and knowing our members well. And one thing that, that came up, you know, I've just been here since April of last year, but we, know, we have known that our, the executives at our member companies are tremendously busy. As you can imagine, they have to um, work with their parent company, which is abroad. Then they have to tackle on the U.S. Uh, stuff too. And that's a lot. Sometimes they're up at 3 a.m. taking calls with their international uh, parent company and then also doing their U.S. work. So we knew that they were very busy individuals. And, and um, we, we, wanted, we want to get them to attend more of our events. And to do that, the feedback that we were getting was, okay, we want to attend, but um, if we only would know the date sooner, we can plan ahead of, of schedule, plan our schedule ahead. Their calendars get really full with meetings. Like I mentioned, they're part of other associations that are specific to their, their, their industry besides GBA. And so we, we, we looked at that and we said, let's, let's turn things around there. And so this year we've, um, we've gotten our calendar of events uh, uh, sooner. So we have that list of calendar of events, the dates, the location, we have that. And we're, we're giving that to our members sooner rather than later. Actually, later this afternoon is our first membership meeting of the year, a, a meeting of all of our members coming together, as many as that can attend, both virtually and in person at our headquarters, where we're gonna talk about our advocacy plan for the year. We're unveiling our new strategic plan and we're gonna talk about our signature events and engagement opportunities for the year. And we're gonna give everyone the calendar of events. So I, you know, I think that's, and that's something that I think every association should do is, is hey, again, we talked about those pain points. Your members are saying it, you know, and now you bring it back internally, figure out how can we make this better? And that's one thing that we did to make it better is we said, okay, they need our events sooner. Our events team work hard with the advocacy team to put together the counter events earlier, to sign those contracts earlier with um, the hotels and resorts to, to, to get those dates locked in. And so, you know, I'm just really proud of that. Um, so that's definitely a win for, for GBA. And, and hopefully in turn, we do get more companies and, and executives at these companies to attend because they can now plan better and say, oh yeah, I can attend that. That's not until, that's in May, okay. I'll put that on my calendar right now. So t what are what are some so you have a member kickoff for 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 the year uh, happening yes. this afternoon. What um what other kinds of events are you holding? Yes, yeah, so, so we have programming for each of our stakeholders as I mentioned heads of tax. We have two tax conferences each year, one in the spring and one in the fall. We just launched our inaugural Government Affairs Leadership Summit last month in January. And that was a first because we didn't have a big conference for our government affairs folks. And so 
that that was something that was missing. Again, just seeing, you know, how you can create programming that is really influential. And what I love about what our advocacy team did with that summit is again, they had focus groups with our heads of government affairs prior to the summit, even, uh, even the agenda being put together. And that those focus groups and what came out of that helped inform the agenda for the summit. So it was like, we, we got their feedback. Then in turn, they told us exactly what they wanted to see in the summit. And they and the advocacy team and events team executed. And we had more attendees at that summit than we um, uh, budgeted for. So I think we budgeted for like 30. We had like 39 attendees. So um, that was a success. And I just, I think GBA does a really good job of getting, again, getting that membership member feedback. And then in turn, doing something about it. So not just oh, we hear you, but actually putting it into action. And it doesn't have to be huge, big things, but you know, even those incremental things like the calendar of events. It's amazing when you ask your members what they're thinking and you be quiet for a second and listen and, and what they say and you're like, wow, okay, they got something to say. And one, we can do something about that. Tom, yes. that, that's such a, a good point. Like I, I smiled when you said that because um, one of the soapboxes I stand on is we tend to broadcast as organizations, not just associations, but companies do this too. We just send stuff out at people and there's not a lot of listening, right? Like Christina, you're talking about the survey as a form of listening. There's not a lot of listening out there. We're not giving, uh, a, um, there's, there's rarely an opportunity for the voice of the member to come up. And that's why you're raving about this, this summit, this, this focus group, because it was so valuable to you to actually just stop and listen for a second. We're so used. Is email your primary form of communication, would you say? Yes. And that's, that's one of the things that we, even for, um, for our group really works well. And this is, this is something that I think could work even at other associations. And I'll mention this, that what, what we do, we do send out a lot, a lot of emails, what we call memos. And we send those throughout the week. Our advocacy team is sending um, their advocacy memos, which is which we serve when we surveyed our members. Of course, as you can imagine, too many advocacy emails. Advocacy is well, no, advocacy is top priority. So, oh, okay, okay. So our advocacy team does send out those advocacy memos because we know that that's top priority for our members. They want to know the latest and greatest about what's going on with their um, the, the different issues. So they send out memos, but we also send out other memos like membership team on um, like our, our membership meeting, um, our upcoming events and whatnot. But what I think is really cool about what GBA does is we know our executives, again, are busy. We've listened, we know they're busy they, and, and they're doing a lot. And GBA is not their only organization that they're a part of. And so we know that they might miss memos. And so what we do every Friday is we send out and in case you missed it, and it's a summary of all the memos from the week. and. They can look at that, all the memos in that with links in it, and they can they can um, archive it or, you know, save it. And so they can just go back to that one instead of, oh, you know, you know, we know how all, all, we all know our emails can get buried. And so they don't have to go back and, and look for those. They can just look for that every Friday in case you missed it. And I think it's, uh, you know, really nice touch that GBA does that. I like that. I like that because you really do need to hit people multiple times. Before yes. Gonna, so at least you're hitting them twice, right? You can't possibly hit them, as they say in marketing, seven times. You can't possibly send every memo out seven times. So that'd be obnoxious. 
but at least you're summarizing it for them in this what you might call a digest yeah that's right that's that's right, Dave. You know, you, you said the word and it just sparked something in my head that my a former boss told me, and this could be helpful for the listeners as well. And that is, Christina, you know, associations, if we talk about engagement, you know, a big part of that is marketing. And he would tell me that, Christina, we're in the marketing business. We need, and you know, and I sat back and thought of that and I said, you know what, you're right because there's a side of it that we have to promote ourselves, whether that's promoting our mission, promoting our members, which GBay does very well because a lot of them are trying to get that, that um, promote what they're doing here in the U.S., the jobs that they're bringing in, the investments, you know, that's big to promote that. Um, and we help promote that in our members. And um, it's a lot of it is savvy marketing at the end of the day, mm-hmm. even with the emails, the subject lines, you know, a and B testing subject lines to see what 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 our members will open. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, you know, and I, I always remember that what he told me is like, we're in the marketing. And I think if associations can get really strong on that, and is it I think that's an aspect that we can all get better at because um I know and I I'm human too, when I get emails in my inbox, you know, those catchy lines do do it makes me open it. And and then I'm looking at it and it could be something that is really could be impactful that I missed if it didn't have a catchy subject line or or um, catchy uh, marketing or what have you. So, I mean, I think there's something to that. But let me give you the capitalist pig perspective of what you just said. Right. So I'm the <laughs> entrepreneur representation here. And what a lot of people, especially people that have been working for nonprofits their entire careers, they 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 look at the world of for profit and. Uh, there is a stereotype that it's all about the bottom line. It's all about the profit. That's uh, 100% false. I can't say for every organization, but it is absolutely wrong. My perspective as an entrepreneur is that the revenue, the money, so there's two two forms of money, little, little diatribe here. You got the revenue and then you have the bottom line. So you have the revenue, you have expenses, and then the profit, right? So the revenue represents the value you're creating. If you're creating value, the revenue will grow. It's a measurement. It's a metric that shows how much value are you creating in the world. It's a really good thing. If your revenue is high, you're creating value or perceptive value, at least as Tom would say. The profit is just a measurement of how efficient you're running things, right? So that that's neither here nor there for this conversation. But associations need to think about the same thing. Are they creating value? And so it's the value proposition. And and marketing is the is the uh, the the way I would define marketing is the approach of connecting your value with the right people, right? And that's a communication effort. And so I, I think you're right. Member yes. membership is all about connecting your value with the right people. Yes. Tom, can we jump into that last question when you're ready? You you real quick though, before we leave, you said a key thing, and Christina probably would agree with this, but you said perceived value. And I can remember mm. being at an ASA conference and these two facilitators were writing down it was an open-ended, tell us what you want to talk about, and then we're going to facilitate that. And somebody in the back goes, and I was sitting in the back with my backpack on, and somebody in the back goes, I want to talk about how you sell perceived value. And that struck my core, man, because I hate that word. Because you can't sell perceived value because eventually your members are going to figure out there's no value here. So I, I grabbed the mic and said, I think we should not be talking about perceived value. We should be talking about actual value. 
Yeah, how perceived get, value is weak. You're right. You, it's like selling the mop. Value? And, and what I define on actual value is, is associations doing things for their members better, uh, more effectively than they can do for themselves. Because if they can do it for themselves, they don't need you. But when you can do it more effectively, whether it's cost, efficiencies, or product, then all of a sudden they're like, wow, I want to take part in that because it solves a pain point. They do it better than I can individually, and I can focus on my business. And so that's what I really put a lot of effort into is when I, we're looking at value, we look at it. Is this, are we having to sell smoke and mirrors to make them think this is valuable? Or is this actual value that it hits the bottom line? And they go, I, cause here's what you want. You don't want associations to be another thing that they do in life. You want your association to be the thing that they come to, to create better life. And that's what we always try and put our efforts behind is hitting those value points that solves a lot of pain in our members, um, daily lives. But I, I, I think love that point, Tom. Yeah. I, I, I just immediately go to like the elixir, you know, the the mop, the special mop that does everything at the carnival. It's like I, I get sold and I'm in. I'm like, oh my God, this is the best thing. And then you get it home. It's like, you know, just like any other mop for that man. It's perceived value, but there's there's not real value. And you can build a business off of this this the elixir, the snake oil, but I not a long term. Christine, I don't know if you've ever heard, I mean, I, me and Dave have done sessions on this, but we we put everything through at our association. I really challenge associations to do the same thing. When you're looking at programming and engagement and benefits, we go through a process called ALIVE, A-L-I-V-E. And what that is, is ask the right questions, listen intently, value creation, um, and then execute with um, with excellence. So ask, listen, innovate value creation and execute with excellence. If you do that, you can't, you cannot go wrong picking the, the right stuff. And it all kind of flows. You, you've said it in a ton of different words, but you know, it, it all kind of get back to those things. I love that Tom alive. I wrote that down. Awesome. <laughs> I'm going to use that. <laughs> He's got a whole site focused on alive, that acronym. I will definitely check that out. Uh, Tom, what's, what's the website in case listeners want to go to that? Uh, well, they can, they can just go to tommorrison.biz and it's got lots of different, um, it's got webcasts that you and I have done that talk about it. It's got my blog on the front page. It hits a, a series of different things on engagement because that's what I love. Engagement in the future. Those are my two big hot points for associations. Right. So I'm sure if you Google alive and Tom yeah. Morrison, you'll see that he is alive and number one, <laughs> he's not dead yet. And two, Never. he's got a great blog post on it. All right, Christina. So this is what we do at the end of every one of our podcasts. We go around the horn and we say, you know, what's what's the one key residual message that you heard here? What's the one key takeaway for you? It might be something you said, Christina, that was an epiphany. It might be a point you want to make, or it might be something one, one of us said that you like. So uh, you don't have to go first. You get a chance to think about it. Tom, you want to go or should I? I'll go. Okay. So my big takeaway is just listening to an executive like Christina who gets it and is sharing. It's kind of like a lot of executives we have on here. We have to ask them the questions to get them thinking through their their engagement process. And they actually learn some things to do because we're pushing them because we've talked to so many. But to have someone on the program that we don't even have to ask the questions. We just say, so tell us your engagement strategy. And we're screaming, preach it. Because you, you're, you're right on, you're right on the nose. So that's my big takeaway. It is it's exciting to see other associations who are digging in and putting pain points, value creation, and members' needs, and listening to them at the top of their priority list and how they serve their members. So hats off to y'all, Christina, for 
taking that tack because it's just going to warrant it, it warrants great retention and good things and difference making in your association. I think your association is really, really cool. It, I think it's a very unique association. Um, although, you know, every time I, I really go deep with somebody on their association, they're all unique in a lot of ways. But I, I, I really enjoyed hearing about um, your value proposition, what it is you're doing for these huge corporations. Um, the, but, but my key takeaway is your, it's the alignment. It's, it's how much it struck a chord with me when you talk about listening to your members, understanding your members. I, I mean, it's, it just warms my heart because that's where I focus every minute of my day and in my energy is around that. So that, that was my key, that was my heartwarming moment for lack of a better um, way of putting it. Christina, what about you? Yes, I, well, this has been such a pleasure to talk with you both. And fun, right? And be, this is yeah, fun. And to be, this is great. And to be in the midst of uh, other passionate folks about associations. And, um, you know, I don't want to live in a world without associations, you know, and nonprofits, because I feel like we are the ones who are the advocates. We are the servant leaders and trying to make change, good, cha good change, change for the better. And so I, I just love the industry that we're in. And I, you know, my takeaway is um, it's just been great to talk about my, my experience and about the unique things I'm seeing here at GBA because it is a unique organization. And um, again, I think it's remembering that engagement is not always the, some of the big wins in, with engagement, but it's some of those smaller wins as well in making even incremental changes that are along the way that that could potentially be big. Um, you know, I mentioned the uh, calendar of events. You might think that, oh, that should be standard to get out your events early. But if you're finding at your organization that you're not and that your members are telling you that they like it even sooner, you know, you think you might be doing a great job, but your members are saying it's been okay, but it could be better. You know, and, and let's let's make those adjustments. And like I say, it could be small adjustments that can have a big impact. And I think sometimes it's it, it's back to the basics, you know, sometimes with looking at some of our basic process, processes and procedures and making some tweaks. I think sometimes we're a very big idea, you know, what's what's for the year, you know, what's that big thing? And that's great too. I think we need that. But I think there are things that, are, you know, especially our processes and procedures that could have, they're small, but can be huge for impact on our members. Right. And I think that's something that I, I hope associations, are, we can just, just do some, making some those adjustments a lot. A lot, a lot of iterative improvement. Yes. Yeah. It, it, that reminds me of this video. Gosh, it was from uh, probably a decade ago. Uh, a motivational video about working out or something like that. And it had this this in really inspirational voice uh, uh, describing what's happening in the video. And the point was that it's not getting up and going to the gym and powering it out once or twice a week or a month or for a short period of time. It's about every single step. It's about every footstep that gets you to the gym every single day and the iterative process the key is in the process. You got to love the process. If you don't love the process, or as our friends up north say, process, if you don't love that, 
you're going to fail because you're just going to be pushing yourself through adrenaline to do what you have to do, and then it's going to fail. Christina. Hold uh, on. I'm going to leave you yeah, with yeah. this. So take this home, Christina, and think about it. So in 2009, we were looking for the marketing rally cry for our association. I was in a movie theater and saw the Army Strong video. It said, there's Strong, then there's Army Strong. The next day, we started putting on every single thing that we do, and I end every video that we do. There is Strong, then there's MTI Strong. So I want to challenge you. When you go back to your team, think about there is strong, then there's GBA strong. I love that. Thank you, and Tom. That, bring and that Tom, all together. There is strong. And then, and there's, then there's association strong. You got it, baby. Right there. That's why it's associationstrong.com coming to you live. Christina, if people want to reach out to you, what is uh, what is your email? How can they get you? Yes. Yes. They can reach me at csalu, S-A-L-U, at globalbusiness.org. All right. You hear that, listener? That's it. Csalu at globalbusiness.org. All right. Thank you, Christina. Really, really Peace appreciate out. your time. Good to see you, thank Christina. Thank you so nice much. Meeting you. Nice meeting you both. We hope you gained some inspiration that will help you run an efficient and effective association just like a business and maybe laugh a little with us. If you have a topic you would like to hear us talk about, or if you just want to reach out to us for any reason, you can contact us at Tom at TomMorrison.biz or Dave at PropFuel.com. Give us a review if you haven't already, and don't forget, subscribe and share with your friends.